the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's Tim DeMoss and the Tim DeMoss Show. How are you? Thanks for listening in today. Forecast calling for clouds and some rain later on tonight, low down to 39. Cloudy and rainy for a good part of tomorrow, high 46. Skies should clear up some at night, 37 the low. Then Sunday, mix of clouds and sun, high 47. Flyers are home tomorrow against Calgary at 1 o'clock, and they turn things around and get ready for the Sixers, who are also home, taking on Dallas at 7.30. And if you're a football fan, it's a big weekend. You can kind of plop on the couch and not move. Indianapolis at Houston at 4.35 tomorrow, followed by Seattle and the Dallas Cowboys at 8.15. And then Sunday, after church, right? L.A. charges to Baltimore at 105, and then the Eagles will be at Chicago, 440. And uh, then the field will thin from there. So it's an interesting weekend, to say none the least. Uh, I actually just sent a text message to David Akers, who's the Eagles Hall of Fame kicker, and he and his wife were on vacation. Otherwise, he would have been glad to hop on and talk a little football with us. Uh, I actually asked if his wife, Erica, could join us because I thought it would be an interesting perspective to hear what it's like to be married to a football player and how, you know, you're raising the kids and how to support your your family. And, and uh, uh, you know, and, and I hope, just as a parenthesis, a parenthesis here, whenever I have a guest on the show, I like to try and ask questions that although a person may come from a certain walk of life, that what they're going through, what they're learning would be applicable and helpful to people uh, in other ways. How do you trust God in certain circumstances and th- through certain struggles? God cares about each uh, cares about each person's marriage, each person's relationship with their kids, with their neighbor, and all that, and certainly with him. So uh, anyway, he did say, "Hey, can we please take a rain check? We'd like to do that." So that'd be kind of a fun thing to look forward to. Also on the horizon, while I'm on the topic, because this program's always kind of planting some seeds, seeing who can be on when, and we're working on different angles locally, nationally, internationally, uh, uh, you know, on a, uh, a regional level, whatever it might be. We are gonna. Uh, I think have Jody McBrayer. He was with the uh, award-winning group Avalon. They had 22 number one songs in the uh, Christian music world over the years and sold over 4 million albums. And um, Jody and I are friends on Facebook and he has been on the program. It's been a long time since he has, but uh, he had an interesting post on Facebook recently that I really wanted him to share about. He's a very thoughtful guy, has a lot of good stuff to say. So he just is doing rehearsals today and, and is not available, but he said, how about Monday? So we're looking forward to hopefully having things work out for him for Monday afternoon. John Smoltz, who is a Hall of Fame baseball pitcher who pitched primarily for the Atlanta Braves in the tail end of the career, I think it was the Red Sox and the Cardinals, uh, who also broadcast the World Series in the fall. He is another guy. He's like We texted a couple of times, like, I'd like to come on the program. and uh, he, But he was actually even doing, some, I think, some mission work in the offseason, solid believer. Uh, so interested to talk to him about baseball, talking about his faith and some of the stuff that he's into. And he just said, we will make this happen. I just don't know when. So those are a couple of folks that are in the pipeline, if you will. And then we're always working to build into the community. And uh, welcome your suggestions. As long as I'm at it, 
feel free to email me because this show is built on really John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so that gospel, that that's, that sacrifice Christ made is for everybody. If you're still walking on this planet, you're still here, you have a chance to listen and take uh, him up on that. So whether you're well-known, whether you're not well-known, um, the invitation's for you. And so hopefully the guests are reflective of that. Not every single guest we have on the program is a Christian, but I kind of like it like that, honestly, because I hope my life is that way. Clearly Christian, I love the Lord, but I also hope that I, I don't become so inward-focused and insulated that I don't have opportunities to share Christ with other people. So uh, part of the program, a piece of it, not the whole thing, but a piece of it is just to build some bridges with people in the community and different levels. And so there's some lines in the water for that. But if you have somebody that you think would be a good guest, feel free to send an email to Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. And over time, Lord willing, we'll be able to work some of those folks in too. Or just folks you'd like to see, people you're interested in. It doesn't have to be somebody you know, but maybe an author you read, a Christian book you read. could be a community leader you'd be interested in hearing from. Um, and, I, and I have just getting back to the, the, the fascination for me because the world's full of people, even though – and I know a lot of people having been in this business for a long time. I, I know a lot of well-known people, but they're just people. They really are. At the end of the day, they're just people. And uh, they need the Lord just like you and I do. And uh, so uh, I, I find it interesting. Like I, I would be more than happy to sit around and have a conversation with uh, you know Kanye West or, or some famous actor or some politician or whatever just to see where they're coming from. I think part of – being an effective believer is understanding other people and closing your mouth long enough to listen to where people are coming from and and uh, let them speak their heart and uh, and be okay with that. So anyhow, that's kind of out there and uh, we're looking forward though. All that said, we're going to have a guest coming up in a couple of moments who actually is from this area, but is serving the Lord in France. And so we're going to bring Bill Campbell on. That's his name. He'll be joining us here in just a moment. We're going to take a short break and continue our conversation or start our conversation with Bill. And we'll throw some other things in the mix between now and five o'clock. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. You're listening to AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 410 on this fine broadcast. Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL and WFIL.com. Bringing on board, hopefully, a little culture to this program. Every now and again, we try to do that. Uh, Bill Campbell is our guest. Hello, Bill. Hello. God bless. Yeah, you too. Uh, Bill and I have known each other for a lot of years. Bill has Philly roots for sure. Um, among other things, you went to Cairn, right, at one point in your life? Yes, sir. I graduated when they were still PCB, Philadelphia College of Bible. Okay. And you worked here at WFIL. Uh, you did sales and did some other things in sports coverage and uh, ministry in Philadelphia. I know football is a big part of your life. You had a ministry, if I remember correctly, called Timoteo. Is that right? That is that is correct, yeah. I started Timoteo in the spring of 20, uh, 2005. And when we went to France as missionaries, we gave that to some other guys who have done a great job to even expand it and make it bigger and better. Okay. And, and you mentioned the word France, which is where I went ahead with this uh, eventually. Uh, just to, you know, folks... Uh, if listen to this program over the last last number of months, know that uh, I really mm-hmm. love talking about John three sixteen and for God so loved the world, and that would include Montgomery County and Bucks County and New Jersey and Delaware and our immediate range, but also across the ocean. And I thought mm-hmm. it'd be really cool to have a perspective of someone who's from this area but now living in France and to share mm-hmm. with us, you know, what it's like what it's like over there. So 
What led you and your wife to to get to that point to transition to France, or and were there other options that you maybe had thought about, but France stuck uh, stood out? Yeah, uh, when I was at PCB, now Karen University, God called me to the ministry, and so initially we were down in inner city Philadelphia and West Kensington section, and my wife is from there, and uh, she always wanted to be a missionary, and then um, during my time in Bible college, I did some missions trips and wound up in North Paris. And I was really struck and really just devastated, really, by the spiritual need of the French people and spiritual needs in Europe. I thought it was, you know, kind of a Christian continent or whatever, and I was I was dead wrong. Hmm. So God really broke my heart for specifically uh, the French people and, and Paris back in the mid-90s. And then eventually we got married in 2000. Um, but we were, you know, we were inner-city missionaries down here, and God blessed that ministry for a long time, and then yeah. finally in 2009, He released us to look overseas, and we were actually, we wanted to go to the poorest of the poor. We were looking at uh, Albania or Moldova or something like that, but God just kept redirecting us back to the spiritual needs of the French people, where at the time, less than 1% were evangelical Christians, wow. you know, amidst, amidst a, a population of 65 million people. And um, so we hooked up with our mission agency, Greater Europe Mission, and raised our support, the rest of our support, and we landed there in late December 2010 with our five kids. Wow. Wow. All five in tow at that point, right? They've all, they're all born in, in the uh, States before you that had gone. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Bill, Bill Campbell's our guest. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Bill, among other things, we have connections because Bill actually worked at WFIL a number of years ago. Uh, but that whole uh, France connection there, what was it like for you to pack up, you and your wife and five children? What was your mood at the time? Do you remember in terms of anticipation versus fear versus leaving your roots here? Yeah, absolutely. It's all those things. It's a, it's always a crazy mix. Um, we were very excited because God had clearly led and he had clearly opened the door and we had experienced a lot of his favor and we had, uh, and we still have just an army of amazing financial and prayer supporters that have you know, come alongside of us. So we were very excited, but you're also doing it, you know, with a little bit of fear and trembling. You're like, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to be able to have any cheesesteaks anymore. <laughs> that's a big fear for you know, a lot of people. I know. That's a that's a big deal. You know, I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> no Duncan you know, watch, yeah, watch the Eagles games and hang out and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it's definitely, you're, you're counting the cost and you're leaving your family and, you know, am I going to be able to get the language? Am I going to be effective? Yeah. I was 40 years old when we when we started language school, and even to this day we're we're, we're all fluent in it. But it's 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 challenging, you know. But definitely during that time, it was definitely just like you said. It was it's a mix of excitement and some fear and trepidation too. And it's like you have to trust God like every day, and you're just walking into a great unknown, and you're you're trying to do your best, and literally. Like you have to keep your. It's like Peter walking on the water. Like you just have to literally keep your eyes on the Lord, um, and not on the, all the all the other stuff because it can just seem it can feel overwhelming at times. Bill Campbell's our guest. He's and his wife Christy are missionaries with Greater European Mission in France in Paris. Why do you think, or have you learned since you've been there about that one percent? My wife, her parents are from the Netherlands, and uh, similarly, there's a there's a culture there. It's like. You would think it would be the, the the gospel would be more widespread or more accepted or more practiced, and it's just not. It, have you come mm-hmm. across or have talked with locals at least to know a little bit more why that is and and how's it going so far? Well, you know, it's it's fascinating in terms of the, the spiritual dearth in Europe. 
there's lots of factors that go into that. For France, you know, they were under centuries of spiritual oppression through, at that time, a very corrupt Roman Catholic power and hierarchy and all that. So they were they were really under it for, for, for a long time. And then, of course, the French Revolution comes, and they, they kick out the church and, and all that, and the clergy and that whole system, and right. kick out God, and they just go full bore into atheism and um, humanism and, and, of course, nihilism. And so I think that's the, the big thing, is that they were so—I uh, think Europe was experienced so much abuse through— um, like organized religion for so long hmm. that they just wanted nothing to do with it to do with it and just kicked it all out and you know tried to focus on just you know just trying to take care of people and that's why like France is it's very socialist the town I live in southeast Paris is actually run by the communist party and has been so for for many decades so it's created a vacuum and so now people are attached to other things and other ideologies and most of which are very godless it's created a, a huge need, you know, and so what's exciting for us, though, is to see that there's a there's a change happening happening in France. And so even the secular media now is reporting that evangelicals are the fastest growing religious group in France. Wow. wow. And so we thank God we just got to one percent. Um, but Europe is a great mission field, perhaps I think that the mission field of the 21st century because now as the church explodes in the global south. Those people groups, those churches are sending missionaries to Europe left and right. We we rub shoulders with missionaries from Brazil, from Korea, from, from China, from Africa. Um, and, you know, you're just seeing the whole world come to Western Europe, especially with the refugee crisis and everything. So it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah. Bill Campbell is our guest. He used to work here at WFIL and done a lot of other things in his lifetime. Serving the Lord in France right now with his wife and five children. Getting a little global perspective today. We'll continue our conversation with Bill here in just a moment. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 421 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Traveling to Paris today, so to speak. Our guests joining our fine program. Bill Campbell is our guest. Uh, among other things, he worked at WFIL in uh, our sales department and did some Philly sports coverage at the time. And uh, you mentioned not being one of the hardships of going to France was not being able to watch the Eagles. But you know, at the playoff game this Sunday, can you? Uh, you're in the states at the moment, though, so you'll be able to catch it. But if you weren't, can you watch online? Do you have the internet? Uh, France friendly, if you will, where you can tune in. Yes, you know, obviously, thank God, and you know, missions has changed so much now with the internet in terms of connecting with your family and everything. So, right, yeah. So I have a, I have a subscription online through the NFL and stuff, but there's nothing like being able to sit with your family, your dad, and and stuff, and and have, have a cheesesteak and it's true. watch the game live. Yeah. But um, usually Mondays are my day off, so during the season I'll have a nice, long, quiet time in the, in the morning and. Um, and then around lunchtime, I watch the game on demand and, and have a coffee and yeah. and uh, check it out. So yeah. But and and now you are in the states. They're doing some just kind of I guess regrouping and and seeing supporters and and planning for the future. I guess because if I'm doing the math right, this is you're you're entering your tenth year in France or ninth or tenth. Yeah, well, it's our tenth year with mission agency, but we did seven and a half years on the field. Uh, we we hadn't taken a furlough. 
And so this is our, our first uh, furlough wow. or home home ministry assignment. Yeah, it was really time. We were we were really <laughs> tired at the at the end there in uh, in uh, June of twenty eight uh, last yeah last year. And so we've been back since July, okay. and we're doing a big chunk of our furlough and home ministry assignment out in Southern California, trying to build up further collaborations for our mission agency with other international church planning networks and whatnot. So. That's great. Do you find that? Uh... Uh, the culture is, you mentioned it, you know, it's growing. Do you find at least, even though there are a lot of ideas floating around and things people are pursuing, are they somewhat open to talking uh, if you, you know, the situation's right? Or or is it hard right. to get those conversations going? It's, it's, a, um, it's, it's both. You know, the, the atmosphere is definitely changing, as I mentioned earlier, in France and in Paris. I think the younger younger generations are tend to be much more open and willing to just talk about spiritual things. Okay. So, for, for example, I had a next-door neighbor. They were in their 80s. They remember when the German soldiers were occupying Paris. And, in fact, the house that I rent was at one point uh, requisitioned by, you know, Nazi soldiers. And my next-door neighbor remembers them, them being there. And so I would talk to him about the gospel, and he just would make fun of me and act like I was talking about the Tooth Fairy or something like that. Wow. Um, that older generation was very much like that. But the younger generations are, are, are much more open. I think the Internet has a lot to do with that and, and just how people are connected. Um, in our area, there's a lot of people of other religions, and, and, and Muslims especially. Sure. And uh, France has more Muslims than any other country in Europe. And so we spend a lot of time with those folks. And I would say it's it could be hit or miss, but I think overall, I'll be honest with you, Tim, I feel more... I feel like there's more openness, and it's actually easier in one sense to share the gospel and have a spiritual conversation in Paris now than it is in America. Overall, in, in the Paris area and in France, they go a little slower. Now, Paris is a big city, so it's still very fast-paced. But I think overall, for us, when we come back here, it just it feels like everyone's just flying around and moving so fast. So that's definitely a mm. part of it. But I feel like there's just—people are so uptight— hear anymore about as soon as you mention jesus it's like oh you're trying to convert me or you're trying to you know force your political views on me and stuff but it just feels like you know america just feels so so polarized in this season you know so extreme you know right or left or up or down and yeah um you know if we were back for a while you know maybe that would smooth out in terms of our perception but um it just i just feel like the atmosphere is changing a bit i think europe has been and france has been post-modern and post-christian for so long that it's almost like they've become pre-Christian again. <laughs> yeah, right. Coming back around. Coming yeah. back around, and I and I feel like America hasn't come back around yet. I feel like America's still getting deep into that like postmodernistic, post-Christian kind of kind of stuff. So, so we'll right. see. We're praying for yeah. We're praying for both. Bill Campbell, our guest. Uh, did you do you now that you um, have been there for a number of years? Is there any part of your faith that you see? differently or the the gospel uh, that you maybe wouldn't have seen here a part that's just growing but anything that being in france has helped you understand about god's who he is or how he works or whatever you know what i mean sure yeah i think the first thing is that uh we recognized you know jesus his first miracle was he turned water into wine you know and for the french people for the french people wine's a, a big deal so a lot of the french churches they most, if not all, they use you know real wine for their for their communion, sure. you know, and just sure. just that a, a, a little bit of a different cultural thing. Like 
you know, God is good and, you know, wine's not the problem. It's just that I think sometimes in our culture, alcohol has been so abused, Sure. you know, and so many people in our churches. And so just, just that idea of how, I think sometimes we have certain cultural things like in the Northeast corridor, like, you know, alcohol is a big no, no. And I, I totally understand that, you know, but yeah. you know, like in the South of America, like, you know, a lot of people smoke, they smoke cigars and pipes and all that stuff. Right. You know, but you go over to France, you know, they drink wine. You go to Germany, they drink beer, you know, and it's not like this big taboo. So that, that's one thing, just kind of, and that's more of a cultural thing. Sure. Um, I think for me, in terms of about God and my relationship, is I learned the importance of how Jesus would sit at the table or sit around in, in the circle and eat food and spend time with people. And I think the French are a lot better at that, just taking their time and how Jesus wasn't in a rush when he was with people and he would sit and he would take his time and he would be in someone's home and for hours and hours, you know, and I think the French do that much better than we do here. And that's helped me to understand how God isn't always in a rush. You know, he's not worried. He's not anxious, you know, and he wants to just sit and talk. And that's, that's helped me to slow down a little bit. Phil Campbell is our guest, so we to work at WFIL and now serving the Lord with his wife in France. We will, on that note, drift into our next break. Then we'll come back, continue our conversation. Also, it looks like we may have a special guest joining us near the end of the program. We'll share more about that in a couple of moments here. We'll listen to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 432 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Forecast, calling for a cloudy evening with some rain kicking in later. Going out of 39 and staying cloudy overnight and through a good part of tomorrow. Soggy Saturday, 46 the high. Clearing up at night, though, 37 the low. And then Sunday looks nice. Sun, uh, Some sunshine and a high of 47. Flyers home tomorrow afternoon against Calgary at 1. The Sixers are home against Dallas right after that. So they'll flip the building around. We're looking forward to actually having someone from the Wells Fargo Center on with us sometime in the next month or two because that scenario happens again. And these things interest me. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone, but I don't think I am. How do they get that whole thing ready? Or sometimes when I've left like a Phillies game and I'm looking at the ballpark and you see all the, the workers there making things ready for the next day. You think you had it hard getting the house ready for company at Christmas. How about getting ready for 30 or 40,000 people to show up, you know, in 12 hours after you just had a big party, a, you know, a day game after a night game. So I'm looking forward to having a couple of little featurettes in the next uh, month or two just to talk to some of those folks who are involved with that. And what's it like to get ready? And, you know, the, pr- the pressure is on. It's real. It's not it's not made up. You got people ready to come in with their tickets and watch the game. And what if it goes into overtime? Stuff like that. But in any case, uh, also this weekend, of course, on Sunday afternoon, the Eagles are playing at Chicago at 440. Uh, there are several other games going on. A couple tomorrow, Indianapolis at Houston at 435, Seattle at the Cowboys, 815. Then Sunday afternoon, it's the Chargers in Baltimore at 105 before the Eagles and the Bears cap things off at 440. We are uh, continuing our conversation today, and it's kind of cool uh, as this program has been developed over the last four or five months to have opportunities to, folk, to talk with folks who are uh, not just from the tri-state area where WFIL broadcast, 
and not just uh, up and down the coast or in the uh, 50 states, so to speak, but also other countries. We've had folks on from other other places, and today we're glad to have Bill Campbell uh, continue our conversation. He and his wife, Christy, are serving the Lord in France and have been there for a number of years. Um, talked about earlier, Bill, that your wife, Christy, is a local girl, grew up in the city. Did you did you happen to grow up in the city as well? Or Yes, I was born in Northeast Philly. I was born in Old Frankfurt Hospital, and I grew up in a, in a housing project called Lindenfield Housing Project uh, in Northeast Philly. Went to Lincoln High School Okay. and graduated from there. And yeah, born and bred. So you know the you know the culture, the pace, the, the hustle and bustle, and uh, so it obviously stands out. It's funny, my wife Tina, being from Brazil, as you speak there, reminds me in her culture, people do tend to be. It sounds like more like in Paris, uh, or at mm-hmm. least that you know, if you, it, the the person in front of you is more important necessarily than than the appointment. Right. You're supposed to be somewhere at two, but you may not get to till three thirty because the first person you ran into needed something and you took time with them. <laughs> so in America, right, exactly. the culture is like my daytimer says, my calendar says, I got to keep moving. So that's right. that's right. wise. That's wise. Jesus dwelt, you know. And uh, there are a lot of examples in scripture like that. That's good. So, so I'll, on, on the lighter side, I'm thinking, you know, one movie, I think it was Better Off Dead with John Cusack, where he, where he has a French exchange student and he, and he uses the words like French fries and French dressing. Like he, he doesn't know French at all. I'm thinking maybe you could teach us a word or two of French. Any, anything that would be helpful for us to know how to, how to say even just hello, goodbye, God bless you. Uh, or- um, yeah, I think uh, an interesting thing in the French language and the French culture is the word salut. And so it's like uh, you would say hello or even goodbye. You could say salut with someone that you know, you know. Um, and so salut is actually their word for salvation. Wow. And so when you're greeting someone that you know in French, you, you could say salut, but you're actually kind of say, saying, you know, salvation to them. And I think that's a remnant from their deep, you know, Christian past, you know, in Roman Catholic Church and everything, because there's that's, so many connections there deep down. That's very cool. Um, is, is, how do you spell S? Is it S-A-L-U or with an with an accent on it? Or how do yeah. you spell it? S-A-L-U-T. T. Okay. So the T silent. All right. That's a good one. That's yeah. good to know. And that's, yeah. but that's only if you kind of know the person some, you wouldn't say it to a person you just met, would you say something else? Right. Yeah. No, if, you, if it's someone you just met, you want to be more formal. So you would use the vu. As opposed, as opposed to the tu form, and so you would say more, you know, bonjour, excusez-moi, uh, je suis désolé de vous déranger, like I'm sorry to, to bother you, you know, you have to, and, and the big thing with the French is if you walk into a store or into a doctor's uh, waiting room or anything, any kind of interaction, you always start with a greeting, you always start with bonjour or, or uh, bonsoir. You would never go right to your question, even on the street. Like if you're lost, hey, you know, do you know where the acne is or whatever? You would never do that. You would always start with bonjour, excusez-moi, and then you would politely move into your question. Interesting. That's good to know. Well, that's the, that's yeah. the tip of the, you know, someone's planning to travel to France. Now you have a little head start on what to do and not that's to right. do. <laughs> that's good. That's right. <laughs> that's good. How could people pray for you, Bill, and, you know, your wife, Christy, you have five children. That's That's a good start right there. Anything in particular beyond that? Yeah, I think we're, you know, just health and, and stamina in this time in the States. And um, for our children, you know, they're, uh, they're hitting the teen years, and we're trying to navigate that, you know, college in, in America or college in Europe. And, you know, what do we do next with them? How do, you know, how to do that? So just wisdom, 
protection from the enemy. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're you know we're continuing to raise support. We got to solidify that. You know, to to get back and. So I just think that that I you know that thing and just our kids are it's tough for our kids now because they're from Philly, but yet they are raised from Paris. You know, they're raised in Paris, so they're part of them's in Paris, part of them's in Philly. But now we're out in Pasadena, you know, for the school year, and so they're definitely TCKs, third culture kids, and so mm. it's tough for them. You know, it's tough. Where do I fit? Where do I belong? Where am I from? And so just God's grace upon them is a big thing, and. So other than that, I would just say just for renewal in Paris and in France, just to see revival come and see a movement of the gospel. And it's happening. I mean, Hillsong Paris, I mean, they get they get a good thousand every Sunday coming in. Um, and and, there, and there's starting to be more and more churches like that. So God is definitely moving. Awesome. We're excited. That's, a, that's great to hear. And how, what's the age range for your kids? We go from 17 to 10. Wow. Man, that's quite a, that's quite a group. You're, you're you're similar to us. We're a little beyond in either direction, twenty to eight with five, and so I can appreciate wow. a little bit about what you're talking about. But that like my heart my heart resonates with that, even though I haven't had to experience it. The idea of as your mission and your your family's calling when they were smaller, easier to pack up in the sense that they're all on board, mm-hmm. they're dependent on you. Now they're growing into their own, you know, young mm-hmm. adulthood, and uh, questions that just being a normal teenager already has its own questions, let alone all the geographic implications. So. Yeah, we'll, exactly, we'll yeah. pray for you guys with that and for wisdom. How's Christy doing? She's doing pretty good. We've all been a little sick coming back. Um, we've been here, you know, for about two weeks, and uh, we've all we we got sick as soon as we got here. So she's fighting a cough, but overall she's doing good. And she she joined a gym out there in Pasadena, and so she's been, you know, working out and feeling better. And uh, she's she's beautiful as ever. And um, she's uh, and we're, we've been married now eighteen years, and it's just. I mean, I just I love her more than ever. It's just amazing how much love can grow when you're when you're rooted in Christ and you know just a Christian marriage. It's it's just so beautiful. And I just I appreciate her more every day and um, just I you know, I think she's the greatest thing in the world. So um, Amen. she's she's doing good. But you can pray for her. She's married to me, so you, you can imagine. How that, <laughs> how that is, so. Well, and you know I know this is on the back end. We could maybe wrap up with this, but um, you know you both love the Lord. Did, and you both grew up in Philly. Did you both know the Lord from a young age or grow up in a Christian home? Or, or when did you guys get serious and on board with him? Yeah, she did. Her parents are also inner city missionaries, Reverend Lewis and Elsie Centeno. And so he's, he's still very, very active in inner city um, missions and pastor and all that. Yeah. And he's here in Feltonville, in the Feltonville area. So she grew up, and her family wasn't perfect by any means, but definitely, you know, godly marriage and godly parents. And I, I grew up in, in more of a, of a broken home and um, was a great mother and, you know, a great father, but they were separated and divorced and stuff. And, yeah. and ours was not a, a church home or necessarily a Christian home, but my mom got saved later in life. And then and I came to Christ um, at about the age of 22 and and then was in uh, in Bible college a year later. And then, and then God called me to the ministry and then the rest is history. Well, Bill, I think uh, you just kind of demonstrated that what, what I hope this program is about is a beautiful thing to watch how God does what he does, where he br- He brought you and Christy together, and Christy grows up in one situation, you, you grow up in another. I know there are people who are listening, mm-hmm. or parents who are listening, where their kids are not walking with the Lord yet, and that's a deep desire of mm-hmm. that, and, and you just were mentioning you came to Christ when you were 22. And so mm-hmm. from parents to keep praying for their kids, keep loving them, you can't control mm-hmm. it, you can't force it, but right, you've got to... Just love him through it. How was your mom as far as, you know, raising you that way or, or pointing you to the Lord? 
Um, you know, it was it was on and off for her. Yeah. You know, it was hard for her. You know, and she had a couple of kids, and she was on her own. And sure. So there was good seasons and bad seasons, but she's our biggest cheerleader now, and yeah. just loves what we're doing. And she's faithful in her local church in Taconi, in Northeast Philly. And um, that's cool. I would just think, like you just said, I would encourage those parents out there. First of all, just hang in there with your marriages. God can turn things around so quickly. Just love your spouse and just hang in there. And, um, yeah, like you said, just love on your kids. Give them space. Love on them. Pray for them. And just know that um, the word of the Lord is not return void. It's going to accomplish the thing we're into it is. Amen. Bill, it's been great talking to you and catching up and, and hearing what God's doing. Uh, it's, uh, Lord willing, many more chapters to go. Amen, brother. I appreciate you and everything you guys are doing there. You're doing a great job. So keep up the good work. Thanks. We'll catch up again soon. All right, brother. All right, I'll see you. Bye-bye. That's Bill Campbell. Used to work here at WFIL a number of years ago and now serving the Lord in France. We're going to take our final break and then uh, come back on the other side with a special guest, Jody McBrayer with the group Avalon. Jody was going to be in rehearsal and kindly squeezing us in here before the uh, rehearsal and before the weekend. So we're looking forward to having him on for a few minutes leading up to the end of our program. That's coming up in just two minutes here on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 445 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show, and uh, we are pleased to bring in Jody McBrayer of Avalon. Hello, Jody. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for being so flexible and making things work today. No, it's not a problem at all. I'm glad we could squeeze it in here. Yeah. Well, Jody, uh, I, I uh, remember the first time I think we had you on the radio show was on this, our sister station. At the time, it was a music station, WZZD which is now our, our sister station. It's a news talk station. But uh, I was doing a broadcast from Nashville and uh, live in color, so to speak. And I think it was the late 90s. It's been a long time. Oh, oh wow. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of tread under the shoes since then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you have uh, a lot of – you could share a lot about the Avalon days and, and what the Lord's done with you over the years. And I hope we can have you on again. But rather than waiting for the perfect second to have a – a full-blown show where we dig into every different direction and have this long conversation. I'd like to do those kinds of shows. Today, I just wanted to, because uh, you know, you posted something the other day on Facebook. We're friends on Facebook, and you would posted something that I thought would be helpful for people to, to hear, especially as we enter the year. And uh, it was a story where you shared uh, you know, about, about filling up some gas and arguing with God before that, uh, helping somebody else out. So I have it written out here. I just kind of copied and pasted it, but I thought maybe you could <laughs> share it in your own words. Uh, and again, just for context, Jody was with Avalon for many years, went away from Avalon back to Avalon now, sold 700 billion records over the years, and I think he had ni- 97 number one songs, whatever it was. Like, they're a huge group. Testify to Love was a big song and a bunch of others. So anyway, that said, Jody is back in the fold with Avalon, right? And yeah. – and, uh, Tell us about your post and what God was teaching you. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's hard. It, it was a long post, um, and I think usually when I write long posts, I warn people ahead of time this is going to be long. So if you, but you got to read it till the end. And this was one of those posts. It was just, um, you know, last week was just one of those weeks, the culmination of Christmas and a lot of different just personal things that were going on in our lives. My my wife's father um, had a stroke last year, and so he's debilitated and not able to get around, and it just 
you know, it, it just made for a difficult Christmas. And I'm sure a lot of people have those stories where everybody's got their set of circumstances. I mean, life is life. And, you know, it's not always a story about Christmas. And this year for us was difficult, too, because um, in early November, I caught a virus. And that virus caused me to develop an infected uh, pocket um, on my vocal cords, and it created a cyst. Hmm. And so the cyst came up. Literally, I was singing fine, top-notch, everything was fine. I woke up the next morning and had no voice, couldn't even speak. So the cyst came up overnight, and um, <clears throat> it was it was very difficult for me. You know, somebody as a musician and as a singer who uses I, – I don't find my identity in my voice anymore, but I definitely use my voice as a key to unlock the door for ministry for me. And sure. so not having that, it was a challenge. And the doctors told me, hey, you know, if you're going to not damage your vocal cords, you have to stop singing. And so I was forced to take um, five, almost six weeks off of work, which meant canceling uh, quite a few Christmas dates, things like that. And, you know, Christmas, that time of year, that you need more money than normal, and yes. I had less coming in. Um, we were fine. We had enough to pay our bills and all those things. But, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot extra. Yeah. And then on top of it, the voice, my voice was coming back slower than I'd, I'd hoped it would, and, and we prayed that it would. And um, so I don't know. I think I just kind of reached a, a powder keg moment where I was in my car driving, and, and I was just speaking to God. And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you just should speak out loud to God and don't try to hide your feelings because he knows them anyway. So, hmm. you know, you might as well just talk to him. And he was venting to God and just, you know, asking him, you know, why this and why that? And honestly, kind of being a baby, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the time, I, was, I thought it was, it was necessary. But after I look back on it, especially after I read that post a couple of times, I'm like, gosh, Jody, such a baby. Anyway, long story yeah. short, um, yeah. the, the, the low fuel light came on, and I had to pull into the gas station. Um, the Kroger fuel stop. Yes. And, I've made that trip a um, number of times. I have family in Chattanooga and uh, Nashville, so I— Oh, yeah. 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 You've got to use those Kroger fuel points, you know? That's right. And so um, the gas—I pulled up, and I um, stuck my card in and proceeded to pump the gas, and I, I wasn't really paying attention to the person that somebody had pulled up on the other side of me, and there were just the two of us in this gas station. And it was cold outside and kind of rainy, and the girl—I heard the girl. She was on the phone, and I overheard her tell her mother— because I knew it was her mom. She said, Mom, I'm getting there as fast as I can. Um, something like, I won't make it if I don't put gas in my car. She goes, even if it's just to St. Thomas, which we live in Franklin, Tennessee, St. Thomas Hospital is in Nashville. It's about 20 miles away. Yeah. And so she said, if I don't put gas in my car, I'll, I won't make it. And, she, and I heard her say, and I'll get choked up talking about it, but I heard her say, please just hold his hand and tell him to hold on that I'm coming. And I heard this, and and I just was like my body sort of went numb, like I was overwhelmed with the grief that I could hear in her voice. And all the while she's talking, she's struggling with her credit card, putting it in, and it would beep. She'd pull it out, and she was frustrated, and she'd stick it in and pull it out, and she probably did that four times. And finally, after the fourth time, I just walked around to the other side, and I put my card in her slot and pulled it out and entered my PIN number. And she just kind of stared at me, and I said, and she said, thank you so much. You have no idea. And I, and I just interrupted her and said, look, I'm having a bad day, too. It doesn't sound like it's anywhere near what yours is. Just get there and be safe. And so she, I went around, finished filling up my car, put the, put the gas thing back in the 
you know, the pump, and she had already left at this point. And so I was sort of nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, I bet, I bet she filled up her tank, you know, 100 bucks. But <laughs> I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. Yeah. And I walked around the corner, and she put $7 in her tank, $7, just enough for her to get from Franklin to Nashville. And wow. um, So she even you know, knew, I just, right? She, she probably just knew this is all I need. She wasn't even taking advantage of – no, of the she, situation. Take, she could have taken advantage of the situation. She could have let it pump and fill up or whatever, but she didn't. She just put $7 in and she left. And, you know, I got in the car and I shut the door and I didn't even drive away. I started to cry because I'm a weeper. The older I get, the more I cry. I don't Me know too. what the deal is. Um, <laughs> Me too. But I looked up at heaven. I said, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, if we if we aren't willing to step outside of ourselves and help others and – and to give to others, even in the midst of our difficulty, then what makes us think we're deserving of anything at all ourselves? And um, the process of becoming better is never fun. Um, and I quoted a Steve Green song, an old Steve Green song from the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. called The Refiner's Fire. And the lyric says, The refiner's fire has now become my sole desire, purged and cleansed and purified, that the Lord be glorified. He is consuming my soul, refining me and making me whole. And no matter what I choose, no matter what I may lose, I choose the refiner's fire. Mm. And that song played over and over in my head the entire time I drove home. Um, you know, every every difficulty that we face is part of God's refining process. There's no mistakes in it. There's no um, coincidences. And if we start to look at life like that, maybe we will end up just a little bit better than we were before and maybe a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser. And that, that's, that's my hope. That's my hope for myself and for everybody. Amen. Amen. Jody McBrayer is our guest. Just wanted to have him on. There's so much other things we could talk about, just the, the music of Avalon and everything else. But that, uh, since being connected with you on Facebook, I know every once in a while a post like this pops up or God's working in your heart and you're very, you know, candid, you share openly, which I think is oh, yeah. wise. That's, that's, you know, that's well, real. I just, something happened when I turned 45, you know, I turned, I'm 48 years old. When I turned 45, I just, my wife says it's probably to the detriment of the world. That's a big joke that we have because I lost my filter, <laughs> <laughs> but she goes, I'm not sure it's good. But in the same respect, I'm like, if I can't go through something and in going through that myself, help someone else to either avoid that pratfall or learn how to navigate it better because of my mistake, then what's the point of going through it? And I'm I'm not going to filter. I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to share my struggles. I'm going to share my joys, and in turn, hope that somebody sees themselves in me, and there's healing in that. Amen. Amen. Well, and uh, in terms of just connecting down the future too, music musically speaking, you were with Avalon for many many years. Then I remember you doing. I think was it some solo work for a while, and then came back to Avalon in the last few years. How did just professionally how, or, and God's calling on your life. How did that unfold? Well, I, I was with Avalon for 12 years. I took a seven-year hiatus uh, because I found out I had heart disease. There were some personal struggles in my life. Um, my wife and I, our marriage was on the rocks. And, you know, thankfully, with God's grace, we put that back together. It's mm -hmm. interesting to hear the guest that you had on before. I was listening to the end of his conversation, and he's right. Don't give up on your marriage because God has great things in store if you'll just hold on. Um, and just always remember, you are married to an imperfect person, but so are they. And you <laughs> yeah. just gotta you gotta bear one bear up with one another and realize that. But anyway, yeah. we've come through a lot. And I took seven years off. After seven years, I felt like 
God was saying, listen, you're not doing what I've created you to do or called you to do. I never asked you to stop. I maybe asked you to take a step back for a while. But And so I stepped back into music and started traveling and, and leading worship for a couple of different people and then um, signed a record deal back in 2016 with a record company called Stowtown and started singing with a group called Cana's Voice, which is a trio. And it's like a contemporary gospel, Southern gospel group. And it's been great. Um, I made a couple of solo records with them, a, um, a solo record and a Christmas record that came out last year. And then the Avalon thing came up uh, summer of last year. Greg Long, uh, Greg and Jana called and said, hey, would this be something you'd be interested in? And I'm like, I have no idea when I'd have the time to do that, <laughs> you know. Yes. But, um, yeah, it ended, it ended up working out. And so we um, started making a record late last year, and then we finished that record uh, in two weeks. And so okay. I've, I've got a new record from Avalon coming out and a new record from Kana's Voice coming out and a lot going on that I'm very, very grateful for. Trust me, I do not deserve to be here, but for whatever reason, God has seen fit to pour his grace on me. So I'm going to ride that as long as I can. We have about a minute and change to go. Just uh, practically speaking, then, if folks want to look up the albums as they're about to come out in the next couple of weeks or month or whatever, is there a best website or two to people to jot down? Yeah. Um, well, the website is avalonthegroup.com, okay. um, so you can look that up. Uh, there's not a whole lot on there right now. There's some clips of us in the studio and things like that, but the record, I'm not exactly sure when the record date is going to drop, okay. but it'll be sometime this year. And then Kana's Voice, it's C-A-N-A-S Voice, as in the city of Cana where Jesus performed the first miracle, where he turned the water to wine. Which we talked about um, with our Kana's- previous guest, too. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, canasvoice.com, and there's a whole story behind why we call ourselves Cana's Voice, and that's going to have to come next time we talk. There's a lot to talk about, my friend, so we're going to have to do this again. I would love that, and this is great to get this. I believe it's in God's timing and just to not wait for the perfect moment for everything, and we can come back and revisit the music more and get no, some songs it's great. out. It's, like and, it's conversational. Yeah. It's like we ran into, ran into each other in the mall or something. That's good. I love it. Jody, thanks <laughs> so much. God bless you. Enjoy your rehearsal today. All right. Thanks, man. Happy New Year. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Bye. Jody McBrayer from uh, Avalon and Kana's Voice. Uh, what a privilege to have him on. We were Facebook messaging the last two days and thinking, Monday, today, next week, blah, blah, blah. And it worked out. The Lord brought it in, and Lord willing, the, the message that he was sharing there is an encouragement to you. Have a great weekend. Just about done now. We'll turn things over to Jim Axum, Acts 413 Ministries. He'll lead in prayer next, and then uh, walk uh, Truth for Life, I should say, with Alistair Begg. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, you can catch a podcast. Uh, of this program about an hour from now and all the previous shows as well. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.